If you will, take your Bible and turn to Joshua 14. Now, I appreciate Jamie saying something to the senior adults because some of you feel like we've left you out, but we haven't. It was by design right at this point that I want to say thank you for coming to Senior Adult Day. And, you know, uh, uh, senior adults uh, are our heritage. They're the ones that's leaving the legacy. They're the ones that have taught us and trained us. And listen I'm only, I'll, I'll share in just a second about this, teenagers. There's some things that we as young, we as young people, that young people, I just, I'm sorry, I just fixed that, that young people need to know. I needed to know when I was a kid, had to be reminded of it. But we have over 50 people signed up for lunch. You don't see some of our folks here. We're feeding our seniors lunch in the back. We've tried to do some of the older songs today. When I thought about this service today, I thought, good gracious, uh, uh, I remember, you can go ahead and start turning to Joshua while I'm, while I'm just sharing these with you. I got to thinking, good gracious, when was the first time, when was the first time that we had senior adult ministry in a church? And it hadn't always been. Back in the 70s, uh, we really didn't have senior adult ministry. And somewhere around the early 80s, the churches where I, where I served at the time, uh, I had senior adult ministry, and I generally was in charge of it. Uh, I remember in 1983 when I went to Bossier City, we had a great senior adult group. We met a monthly. People would prepare meals, and we just even would stay there and play table games and things like this. But the but I was thinking about some of the funny things that comes out of senior. You have to watch senior adults. You have to watch senior adults. I mean, um, in Pensacola. 1989, 1990, we had a large group. In fact, the first year I was here, they, they were still having me back and uh, to, to speak once a year. And uh, they were called, as I remember, the teenagers. <clears throat> and um, one, one particular meeting, monthly meeting, we had a TV celebrity who was getting involved in a project out on, on a, a Mobile Highway. And it, it was a, it was a, a living place. For seniors, now watch this. This is this is what they came and pitched to. We had about 70 or 80 uh, senior adults there. They came and pitched this. They said, we are developing this acreage, and we're going to have all types of houses for seniors, guys. We want you all to get in on this. said, here's the truth. If you are still in, independent and you like to cut your grass, but you don't like as much grass as you have to cut in the... Uh, in the about three quarters of the way back, we have some little cottages, little houses. They're a little smaller. The yards are a little smaller. You can still plant your flowers. You can still touch your grass. You can have your car. It's just it's, it's a great place to be. And so uh, um, they went back and uh, uh, said, then when you get in that place, one of these days you're not going to be able to maintain everything by yourself and take care of your medicines and all of this, and that's called assisted living. And then you can move from your cottage to the next house, uh, and that's called assisted living, and we have a little uh, increased level of care. Then when you get to where you can't do it by yourself and you need more assistance, then you can move into our skilled nursing home. And our skilled nursing home is where we have nurses around the clock. It's basically what you call a nursing home. We have a little bit, and they're trying to pitch their their facility. And then if you have to go into more of a, a, a an hourly, we have, we'll even have that, and we'll have doctors on call. We'll have nurses there. And so then, if you really like the place, then... Way out on the back, she's, she's a prophet in her own mind. We have a cemetery. 
And you can be buried right there where you spent your last years. And I turned to my friend Jim sitting next to me. And after the program, I said, Jim, that sounds like a pretty good deal. And he looked at me and he said, Jerry, I don't think I want to get in that parade. (laughs) You'll find some some real funny things uh, with white senior adults. The story told of this couple sitting in um, in a restaurant, and he is eating for all he's worth. And she's just sitting there looking at him with this grin on her face. He's eating for all he's worth. And, and the waitress finally got tired and walked over there and said, Ma'am, would you like something to eat? She said, Not right now. It's his turn to use the teeth. <laughs> You're grossed out. I got you. A friend of mine, Rex Yancey, tells a story about, about Dave and Wanda, two senior adults in his church. They had taken off, and they went down to Gulf Shores, to the beach, and they were sitting on the beach and just having a great time. And Wanda looks over at Dave, and she said, let's go shopping. He says, what do you want to buy? She said, I don't know. Now, remember, they've been married a long time. I don't know. And he goes, why would you want to leave this beautiful beach and go shopping not knowing what you want to get so you won't know if you find it? And with exasperation, she Wanda looked at David. She goes, that's the problem with you, David. Everything has to make sense. <laughs> now, only married couples understand that. My favorite senior adult story, and we'll get on into the, the text and the message today. My favorite senior adult story is this. A lady approaching retirement, she's about 65, 67, and uh, um, she's on her way to a business meeting. She's going to be late, and she is boogieing it. She looks like the white flash in Hueytown. Nobody knows what the white flash is. Kathy Stevens has a white truck, and she's a NASCAR driver. (laughs) She, She is going 70 mile an hour in a 45 zone, and a policeman pulled her over. He walked up to her window and said, can I see your driver's license? She said, I don't have any driver's license. They took them away when they caught me driving under the influence. He said, okay, ma'am, can I see your uh, uh, registration? She goes, oh, this is not my car. I stole it. I killed the owner and I stuffed him in the trunk. And so now he puts his hand on the gun, he backs up, he said, you just stay right where you are. And he gets on his radio and he requests help. And about five minutes later, <laughs> this little town, the whole department's there. And uh, uh, the police chief walks up with his hand on his gun. He said, ma'am, can I see your driver's license? And she goes, well, yeah, they're right here. She shows him driver's license. He goes, okay. He said, um, ma'am, he said, can I see your registration? She said, no doubt. And she opens the pocket and she says, here you go. He scratched at his head. He said, ma'am, will you pop your trunk? She said, certainly. He goes back there, and it's empty. And he comes back around. And he hands her her license and her registration. He said, ma'am, there's been some confusion. He said, my officer told me that your license was suspended. This was a stolen car, and you had killed the owner and put him in the trunk. She said, yeah, and I bet that liar told you I was speeding, too, didn't he? <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
And the moral of that story, if you want to know the spiritual moral of that story, is don't mess with senior adults. <laughs> Honestly, like so many things in our culture today, we kind of look at them upside down. We, we look, and upside down to me is opposite of what the Bible teaches. You look at the TV, you hear the culture, and everything is about youth. Now, I want to say this. I love young people. Okay? Everything's about youth. Young people bring enthusiasm, exuberance, and energy, and really a fresh set of eyes. Now, we've been told that all, everything the baby boomers put their hands on, they change, and you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait till the millennials get to our age. Young people are not just needed because they're the, they're the future of the church. They are the today of the church. You know, um, I will tell you this, is that young people, some, uh, older people sometimes can uh, be kind of um, crotchety. Is that a good word? Can be, there are some that can be cantankerous. There are some that can be uh, uh, all kind of things. And I, I never understood that until I got to be an old person. Do you know why old people can be crotchety and cranky and all this? Because they're old. Because we can't do what we used to do. We don't, it don't, what don't hurt don't work. And we don't have the energy and to, and, and to move. But here's what I want to say to us today on a serious note. Don't be sucked into this mentality of the 21st century America that senior adults have nothing left to offer. The Bible teaches us many things. And I thought we would just see what God has to say of some things about, about a, a senior adults. So just cast your... Vision up here just for a second. You can write them down. We're going to, probably going to go too fast for you to turn there. Gray hair is a crown of glory. It is gained in a righteous life. Proverbs 16:31. The glory of young men is their strength, but, there's, but the splendor of old men is their gray hair. Proverbs 20:29. 20, so teach us, and this is trying to tell us to value all the days that we have together. Teach us. To number our days that we may get or gain a heart of wisdom. Psalm 90, 12. This is a long, this is four verses, and actually verses 14 and 15 are worth underlining in your Bible. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and they grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. Watch this. They still bear fruit. In old age, they are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Psalm 92, 12 to 15. Psalm 37, 25 is a favorite. It says, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. And then... Proverbs 17.6 speaks of grandchildren. Now, all the grandparents and senior adults want to know this. And parents who don't think you're of any interest, it'll be interesting to you one day when it says grandchildren are the crown of their ages and the glory of their children is their fathers. 
Psalm 71:18. So even to old age and grace hairs, O oh God, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. I'm going to pause there a second. You do understand that as believing people who have followed and trusted Christ, that that's our responsibility to proclaim God, to proclaim the gospel, to proclaim goodness to the another generation, so your power to all those who to come. And then finally, Paul is writing his second letter, actually his third letter, but we call it Second Corinthians, to the church at Corinth. And he is trying to pull us forward to, for us to understand that our bodies, even these young, these young attractive bodies, they're decaying. They're washing away. So do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, that's why the reason that we should focus on our inner self so much. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. God has a word to those who are seniors. And seniors, in this day and time, you and I have an opportunity to influence a degrading, a disintegrating and dying culture that we can leave a legacy of rebounding this culture because we've lived through the best and now the worst that this nation has ever seen. So today, in the time that remains, boy, it's not much of it. In the time that remains, I want us to turn to Joshua 14, and I want us to look at Caleb, a super senior saint. Let's stand together to read God's Word. We'll pick up in verse 6. Actually, we'll pick up in verse 7. I was, this is Caleb talking. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and for your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, these forty Excuse me, kept me just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now behold, I am this day 85 years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. Now my strength is as my strength was then for war and for going and coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day, for you heard on that day how Anakim were, were there with fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall drive them out, just as the Lord said. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave, him Hebron, he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenesite, to this day, because he wholly followed 
Because he wholly followed, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that today that everything that we do and everything that we say will honor you. I pray that we will become your people in this place. And I pray that as senior adults, I pray that we will live our lives to the fullest because we have you in us. Help us to value our influence. Help us to examine our lives. Help us to be an example for those who are yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want us to talk just for a little bit about this Caleb, senior adult. Caleb had three attributes in his life that I, th- that I believe, as I read this text and the life of Caleb, I believe makes him a super senior saint. Let's just, let's just hit it, and let's see how many of them can apply to us. First of all, Caleb was a super senior saint because he had a foundation that was extraordinary. A foundation that was extraordinary. What are you talking about? Well, the first time that we see Caleb in the Bible is some 40, 45 years earlier. You can go back to Numbers chapter 13. And Joshua and Caleb, remember he's speaking to Joshua. Joshua and Caleb were part of the twelve that were sent from Kadesh Barnea into the land of promise, the land that God had told them that they were going to have, in, into the land that God brought them to to see, and, and they were a part of the twelve, and the twelve went into the land. Now, Moses may not have given them good instructions. He basically simply said, we want you to go and look at the land, see the people, see the fruit, and come back and give us a report. I don't think it ever occurred to Moses that this group would come back and say, we can't go. Because of all the things that they saw that God did. I mean, I mean, you think about all the things that, that these folks had seen God doing. All that, probably 10 or 11 months that God appeared every time they needed it. But what the group came back, you have Joshua and Caleb. The other 10 came back and the Bible says gave a bad report. People get all over me and it's fine. That right there in Numbers 13 convinces me that majority rule in God's work may not always be best. Because every time I read the majority in the Bible, they get it wrong. I mean, you look at that 12, 10 came back terrified, 2 came back energized. But I want to tell you this, that every time God calls us to do something great, you're going to find some great obstacles in the way. You're going to find, uh, for the one reason that you need to go forward is because God said it, but you're going to find a dozen reasons why the world says you can't do it. I mean, the ten said, that's good, that's a great land, There's a lot of things there, but we can't do that because those people are too big. Do you know how big those giants are? And it's almost like Joshua and Caleb said, do you know how big our God is? For you see, for you see, at the point of the majority saying no to God's way, no to God's will, he stood up and he said, you know what? You say what you will. You do what you want. But as for me 
I say we trust God. I say we move at once. I say we cross over. I say we occupy the land. And it is at that point in Numbers 13 that we found the foundation for Caleb that would stay with him his entire life and would shape and form the person that he was. And now here we find him in Joshua 45 years later. And we find him with a passion to stay the course because he was so grounded and trust in God that everything else seemed second place. That's a super senior saint, someone who is so grounded, so focused on the Lord. You know why? You know why super senior saints need to have this foundation? Here's why. Because they've watched God through the years. Think about, think about Caleb. Think about what he did and what he had seen. He was a witness to the plagues. He saw the water part. He, he saw at, at Mara where, where they had the bitter water. He saw the water be turned into sweet water. He saw the water from the rock. He saw manna from heaven. He saw the birds come in. He saw God supply every need he had. Even when they had uh, Amalek that they had to fight, he saw God show up. And the foundation of his life was forged on this belief in God because God was as good as his promise. You know, he even saw, think about it, he even saw Mount Sinai Shake with the power and presence of God. He had witnessed Moses coming down. And the foundation of any life. Now, please listen. The foundation of any life that's going to be super at anything is a life given to our Lord. You know the reason many seniors crumble in their old age? Because their foundation was not on their relationship with God, but it was on other things. What are you talking about? Well, it could be good things. We can have our foundation on the church. And I just, I don't go to church. I do this for the church. I do that for the church. I've taught Sunday school. I've been singing. I've sung in the choir. You can feel the pulpit when the preacher was there. You can be doing good. My foundation is, man, I treat everybody like I want to be treated. Man, that's good. And all those things are good. But please listen. Unless your foundation is your walk with the Lord, you're going to find yourself stumbling in your old age. You're going to find yourself compromising in your old age. And may I just say this to us? This is for free. It's not in my notes. But I read a report this week that ISIS is like 12 miles outside of the U.S. and Mexico. In, over in the Mexico, they have an ISIS camp there. Listen, if they think nothing about marching 21 out and beheading them on YouTube, just wait till they get into this country. You're talking about a faith being tested? Brother Jerry, I, you know, I, I left my last church because they got too serious about this thing of following God. Man, all I want to do is I want to come and have a good time in the Lord, but I just want to have a good time and let everything happen like it wants to happen. You know what, folks? That's warm and fuzzy, but that doesn't do anything for the heart. The super senior saint, I know I use her too much, is my memo. Milking those cows, hard life, slopping those hogs. Mamona, not Papa, he's out in the field, slopping those hogs, feeding the chickens. My Mamona, this is my dad's mother. I know you're going to get mad because there was an animal 
hurt in the making of this scene. Mama would walk through that chicken yard knowing we needed lunch, and she'd reach over and grab that beak and that head, and she'd go, Now, if you don't know what that is, we call that wringing the neck of a chicken. And she'd just turn him loose and let him die on the ground. All the time she's doing that, she's singing, Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus. She's singing all the, I've got a mansion over the hill because it came from in here. That's the foundation for the super, senior, anything. That it begins with a relationship with Christ that was forged when, please listen, that it was forged when you realized that without Christ you had no hope of heaven. You had no hope of eternal life. You had no hope at all. And it's only when you came to Christ and you asked him to forgive you for sin. You asked him to come into your life and point your life on the narrow road that leads to heaven. It's only with that personal relationship with Jesus that we have a foundation at all. And a senior saint, like a young saint, knows that. Caleb was a super senior saint because he had a foundation that was extraordinary. Second thing, he had a faith that was experienced. Now, when I say experienced, I'm talking about I'm talking about at 85 years old, everything that I've just mentioned, forged and shaped and built and designed his faith. Now, remember, a lot of that happened back in Numbers. So now we get into Joshua chapter 14. From Numbers 13... To Joshua 14, Caleb is mentioned only a couple of few times, and most of the time just in passing. But please listen. He was there. He was supporting. He was learning. He was watching. And think about all he saw. From the time that the crowd began to murmur against Jesus back in Numbers 13, I mean against God back in Numbers 13 and say, we can't do it. To now, Joshua chapter 14, watch this. How many people above 21 years of age were still alive in Joshua 14 that were alive back in Numbers 13? This is not a trick question. There were two. You're talking about no peer pressure. They were gone. And so he had watched all the years. He had suffered the heartache of seeing friends die. But he'd also seen God be faithful. And the reason a senior saint should have so much more faith and ready to go, like Caleb, than a younger person, is because seniors have had the opportunity to see God's hand. God's hand working. God's hand coming through on his promise. That's the heart of the senior saint. The senior has has followed God so closely for so long that they have no doubt that when God says it, he'll come through. I want you to think about this thing of this trek of faith. Just a couple of examples very quickly. Think about Abraham. Abraham got the call, get up and go. And he said, where? God didn't tell him. Get up and go. And so Abraham, Abram at that time, got up and he left home by faith, he walked by faith, he journeyed by faith, he lived by faith, he even offered the son of promise in a sacrificial way with a knife literally at Isaac's throat 
by faith. Because he knew that even though Isaac was the son of promise, if God chose to kill Isaac on that sacrificial table, on that altar, that God could bring him back to life just like that. And the New Testament tells us that he walked by faith. He experienced faith. Consider David. David was a shepherd boy. He, he, he trusted God to be a shepherd in the little things. When he had to fight off the predators from his sheep, he trusted God, so he killed those animals, ferocious animals. When he stood in front of Goliath, he could now stand on some assurance that God would show up again because God had shown up back there, and he slew Goliath. He even trusted God that when David was anointed as king, but Saul still held the throne, and Saul was trying to get rid of David, David had so much faith in God that even at the point David could have killed Saul, he said, I'll not touch God's anointed. Lesson for us. Now, now, we come back to Caleb. And we ask the question, how in the world does Caleb's faith deepen through all the years in the wilderness and deepen through all the loss of life, deepen through the tragedies, deepen through the journeys? And we find the answer in Scripture. Verse number 9. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly, wholly followed God. That is not H-O-L-Y, although it probably could apply. It is W-H-O-L-L-Y, which means completely. You see, he gave himself totally to the Lord. You see, that's contrast today. Now, please listen. I know you're ready to go back in the back, but please listen. That's a contrast today for the people who follow God weekly. We get here on Sunday when we can, W-E-E-K-L-Y. But I want to say this to everyone here, teenagers, for you too. If you follow God, W-E-E-K-L-Y, It will be a W-E-A-K-L-Y. Too many of us in the 21st century, we attempt to fit God into our lives. We got our lives in order. We do this and we do this and we do this. And oh, by the way, God, if you want to come, that's fine. When When you wholly follow God, you start with the center and you build your life around Him. That's a faith that was experienced. You know, our tendency is to live and let live instead of exercising our faith to the point it becomes as strong as Caleb's. His faith was so strong because he had experienced God coming through so much, so many times when they were at their wits end. To everyone, not just seniors, When the going gets tough, where do you turn? When the going gets tough, where do you turn? 
It says a lot about who we believe our foundation is. It says a lot about what our faith is. That brings us to the last thing that that I see in the life of Caleb. Not only did he have a foundation that was extraordinary because of his relationship to God and a faith that was experienced because of his walking with God, but the last thing, that you're not going to believe that your preacher's going to tell you this, so don't jump out of your seat and run up down the aisle. A fight, a fight that was exceptional. Now, most of the time we talk about senior adults, we really don't want to talk about fighting. Because uh, some, uh, I mentioned at the earlier part about being crotchety and, and crabby and grumpy and all of this. You know, um, the truth is, I don't believe, I don't believe God wants us to lose our fight. But I think he wants us to fight about the right things. <laughs> it's easy to fight about if we got our parking spot taken or not. It's easy to fight about, well, that's been our Sunday school classroom for 372 days. Now, we're down. We're down to just three people. And that class down the hallway, they got 40 people. And, and we got the larger classroom. But this has been our classroom. It's easy to fight about. That. It's easy to fight about. Colors of uh, carpet and pews or chairs or music. It's easy to fight about those things, but I'm just going to tell you, every one of those things are preferences. And just so everybody is clear, most of what we fight about is not going to be around when Jesus comes back. And And the deal is, we should be passionate about the things like Caleb was. God had given him promise, and Caleb said, okay, I'm coming back because I trust God to fulfill on his promise. So now let's get this picture. I'm, I'm moving quickly. As I've already said, out of the adults that were there in Numbers 13, only two left. Two were left. But there was still work to be done. God had promised the land, but they had to, they had to go in and do the work of, of claiming the land. Did you hear that? Just because God gives you a, a victory and a promise don't mean you can sit back down and just let him do it. He still expects you to be involved. He still expects you to be involved. He still expects you to be involved in winning those victories. The truth is, Caleb came to this time. He's 85 years old, James. That's almost as old as you, isn't it? Never mind. It's close. I got you. He came to this time when they were getting ready to divide up the land. And he said, hey, Joshua, I was there with you. I was the voice with you. And here's what I want to tell you. I want the mountain that was promised to me all those years ago. I want it. I have just as much fight in me today as I did back then. He said he's just as good as he was back then. I'm only 60. I can't say that I was as good as I was 20 years ago. But here's what I'm going to tell you. The passion and the fire and the fight to see God's work done needs to be a part of our lives because the super senior saint is the one, is the one who sees God's hand working all of his life and so he's ready to not ever give up the fight for the kingdom. By the way, Caleb did claim the land. Joshua, if you read there, did give him the land. He went and claimed the land got blessed more ways than you can imagine. 
I think about that picture, and every time I read this passage, I think about an event in my lifetime, and it's in history now. It was back in the early 70s. I remember seeing a Dr. Jerry Falwell set up a stage out on a mountainside there just out of Lynchburg, Virginia. And he said, God has given me a vision for a Christian college to train people for ministry to train people even beyond just doing church work, to train people that they could go take their faith into the workplace. And I remember Robbie Heiner standing on that mountain. He's singing, I want that mountain, I want that mountain. And he ended, the last part of that line was, The mountain that the Lord has given me. Wow. You see, he had that fight. That God had given him a vision. And he was willing to stand on that vision. Sad to say, if we're honest, if Caleb lived today and he stood up and he said, You know what, I'm good as I was back at 40. I, you know, I, I, you promised it to me and I give it to him. You know what would have done? Would have patted him on the back, kind of pathetically dismissed him, said, Yeah. Yeah, we hear you. We hear you. Probably dismissed him from what God wanted him to do. Hmm. I want to submit to you that the super senior saint that has walked with the Lord for so long, they fully expect God to come through on his promise. They still have the fight because they still remember the blood of Jesus that's washed over their soul when they were saved. They remember the, the blessings of Jesus that have come their way over their lives. I believe this. Please listen. You've heard me say it before. I believe the most faith-oriented people in the church should be the senior saints who have seen God come through time and time and time again. It should be the young people that go, you know what, we can do this, but you know, we're going to have to pay for this, so maybe we shouldn't do this right now. And the saint, senior saints should be the one going... Man, I remember when God told us to do this, and we did it, and it cost us a lot of money, it cost us a lot of energy, and it cost us a lot of time, but if God said we can do it, we need to go for it. Hmm. By the way,